Hello, and welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and our guest today is Lee Cantor. He began his career as a clinical social worker and then became a highly successful entrepreneur. His first company, Cantor & Associates, Inc., was a nationally recognized education training company. His second company, Center for Transformative Teacher Training, continued his efforts in developing groundbreaking training materials for educators. After seven years of being almost bedridden from severe migraine symptoms, seeing numerous medical professionals, and getting no help from traditional biomedical treatments, he was finally cured of his symptoms using a psychophysiologic treatment approach. His passion today is to spread the word about this treatment approach to help other chronic pain sufferers. Welcome. Thank you, Tom. Um, I'd like to reintroduce Lee Cantor. He was on the podcast last week and had a wonderful conversation. He has a remarkable story of having a lifetime of migraines starting at age 13. He was bedridden for almost seven years. And he was remarkably accomplished during this process where he was still sick. So he met Dr. David Schechter, who is a friend of mine, also in the mind-body world. David Schechter is actually one of the more leading clinical researchers in mind-body syndrome. And I heard of his name years before I even knew what the syndrome was. And so he is a clinical social worker who became a highly successful entrepreneur, started two companies, both in education and what came on the first podcast is when he sold his second company that the migraines become much worse. And we touched on the fact that retirement is stressful. But the other point that came out in his conversation is that doctors don't usually find out what stresses people are going through. I think doctors themselves underestimate the stress of retirement because we keep thinking, I'm going to retire and then get happy. It sort of works the other way around. Where retirement's a big stress, his migraines got much, much worse. He bounced from doctor to doctor to doctor without any success, and now he's doing just fine. No migraines. He's been that way for six years. So what I'd like to do, Lee, on this podcast, and welcome back, by the way. Thank you. Um, you had a very compelling story. I just want to reiterate now that you had migraines your entire life, quite disabling, almost bed round for seven years, and for the last six years, you're doing fine. So I just want to confirm the fact that you do not have migraines. Right. But what I, I want, it's important to understand, I still get the symptoms of migraines that I used to have. Like there are times where I had vestibular migraines, where I'll have these dizzy feelings. And in the past, when I got them, when I was in the depth of my migraine in bedridden, I'd immediately go to bed. Now, when I get those woozy feelings, I just go, oh, what's bothering me? What am I stressed about? So I, I've well, learned. That's a really, I, I want to get to your story a little bit more detail, but that is a really critical point in healing. And remember, when I talk about chronic pain, mental pain and physical pain are processed the same way there's at least 30 different symptoms of chronic stress physiology. 
And, but what happens is that, again, we call it dynamic healing. When your stresses hit a certain point, your body creates symptoms. So what I teach my clients is that, look, okay, so I, for me, I had skin rashes for years. So they're gone, except all of a sudden they show up again. So I just, I just go, okay, I'm stressed. It's not like the symptoms never come back, but you do change your relationship to it. I have arthritis in both knees. They're pretty bad. And most of the time, they're actually pretty tolerable. Sometimes they're pain-free. But about a month ago, I had two days of the worst pain ever, 12 out of 10. So I just say, look, you just learn to read your body that, okay, these symptoms are permanent. It just means my body's stress levels are up. And so you don't take them personally. You just use them as a signal. Is that a fair way to look at that? Amen. Yep. But, but the next part of the thing is if you get the symptoms and get anxious, scared, or frustrated, you really cranked up your body's physiology and they get worse. Fear. For, for me, I went into the pain-fear cycle. I got pain. I got scared. The more scared I got, the more pain I got, the more pain I got, the more scared I got. Right. It became a, a cycle right. that just took me down. Right. So I want to come back to that at the end of the um, story, because your, your situation is such a classic example about how people heal. And I do want to say anything about medical care right now. We have no data. We don't have data. So my personal vision is to connect medicine to the science. We've completely disconnected from the data. We're using the acute disease model for chronic pain, and they're completely different. So we have miracles happening in the acute pain world. What we're doing in chronic pain, we're now, now upwards over $4.3 trillion a year on chronic disease. We're doing the same thing that hasn't worked and we're hurting people. Mainstream medicine simply does not have data for chronic disease. We're, in, we're not only ineffective, we're actually hurting people. But coming back to you, and I did ask you a leading question, which I'll ask it again, is that You've been through all sorts of doctors. You spent your lifetime. I don't know how much money you spent seeking help, and it probably was a fair amount of money. Yeah. And when you healed, I'm not saying this lightly, once you understood the problem and you took control of your care, it wasn't that hard compared to what you went through. No, compared to what I went through, but I want to be very clear. Um, everybody's journey of recovery is different. Right. My journey wasn't probably as rough as some people have that I've spoken with. Um, but what, again, for me was having to learn about it, learn about mind body, accepting it's what I had. But then the skills I learned to soothe and heal my brain were number one. It was, I had a day where I, I love photography and I woke up in the morning and I felt like I was going to get a migraine, but I wasn't that bad. And I really wanted to go to my photography lesson and I was capable of driving. I would never drive if I was too dizzy. And so I drove there. And for the first hour of the photography lesson, I was out there. I wasn't feeling good at all. 
But then I really got into the lesson. And at the end of the lesson, I was totally asymptomatic. And that was an aha for me. It was like, wait a minute. Just because I get these, you know, signals in my body that are stressful, if I ignore them and I go on with my life, I can go on with my life. They don't have to run my life. I don't have to go to bed. So you keep illustrating wonderful points. I mean, your story is so great because we're always trying to fix ourselves, but our attention's on the problem. We're actually reinforcing the problem. So healing actually occurs through creativity. So you learn how to process the anxiety and frustration part of it. And then you learn how to nurture joy and as you nurture joy away from the pain circuits, that's where the healing occurs. So you don't have to keep fighting pain all the time. You get to keep expanding your life. And what you've also described, which I found out, again, one of the reasons I quit my practice, people not only heal, once they hit the tipping point, they keep thriving and thriving and thriving until they keep keeps expanding going forward. So once you hit that tipping point, you have symptoms when you're triggered in other words some days the stresses are so high you're going to go into symptoms no matter what or some days your your nervous system's under resource tired or whatever or you've eaten badly so you're going, to, you're going to go into fight or flight so it's not a problem of getting into fight or flight or the symptoms it's a matter of being able to regulate your physiology to come back out of them on your own will so right. you just and go through a very major fact that you engage in something that you enjoy that's where the healing actually occurs. It's not distracting. You're actually just creating new circuits. But it's also, for me, was when I started getting symptoms, I would, instead of, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's wrong with my brain? Oh, my poor brain, blah, blah, blah. I would just say, okay, what is going on? What are you stressed about today? And think about it. Sometimes I would journal. I would just write and just see what came out. And often, most times, it would help. And then there were other times I, um, well, Dave had me doing a lot of journaling, but then I would meditate. I would meditate and calm myself. Meditation never helped when I thought there was something wrong with my brain. Because if I think there's something wrong with my brain, meditation's not going to solve it. But when I realize I need to soothe and heal my brain, and meditation is one way of doing it, that helped. And the other thing that probably was really critical to my recovery was finding a mind-body therapist who understood the mind-body connection, who really helped me understand that why I got my migraines was really because I was so stressed with my retirement that my identity was all tied up with being this very successful educator. And not having that, I felt like nothing. 
And that was so stressful psychologically that it was safer for my body, for me to go to bed and deal with the physical than face the emotional issues. Well, we talked about this in the first podcast. The research out of Arizona shows that humans do not tolerate mental pain. They nope. just don't. So that your body will actually create or choose physical pain instead of phys- a mental pain. And that's why people who are cutters, I didn't know this. I thought it was just distract themselves. But they actually get tremendous pain relief as they do cutting because you've externalized the mental pain. And so it's pretty profound. And that part blew me away because I was asking people to give up their physical pain so that they would feel more emotional pain, which they couldn't tolerate. So there actually is a tremendous resistance to giving up pain. But let's go back to Dr. Schechter for office. So you want, you've done a lot of research. You have some idea of, of mind-body syndrome or TMS or whatever you want to call it. And I, you know, I so, so you talk about expressive writing. You talked about meditation, mindfulness. What was the general flavor that he worked with you on to actually progress you to the healing journey? The, the basic thing he did was he just started asking me some questions about issues we discussed in the first session, which was, did you have a stressful childhood? And like I said, my first one, yeah, I had a very stressful childhood. Um, are you a perfectionist? Yeah, I'm a perfectionist. Are you anxious? Yes. Are you very hard on yourself? Yes. And he then showed me and then, again, guided me to when did this really get bad? And I said, it was when I retired. And he went, do you think there's any relationship? Oh, no, 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 no. Of course not. No, no, no. I was so glad I was retiring. Well, you know, and he said, well, what would you do when you work? And he just probed very gently into how successful I was and how did I feel about myself when I was so successful? And well, what are you gonna do with yourself now? Who are you gonna be? And well, that I was just, a question, that's the next question I'm gonna ask you. Okay, so we both agree retirement is stressful. There's an identity that got Missed. So my question now is, did you give up the, did you establish a new identity or did you just give up the need for identity? I'm curious about what you did with that part of the equation. I, um, I don't need to be the quote famous educator anymore. Well, that's not so easy to do. No. I mean, doctors me. have the same problem our entire life. Tend to become- I'm not saying this is easy. But I recognize that, you know what, I'm, I have other things to offer the world. So I'm curious how you made that transition, because in medicine, it's a huge problem because we spend so much of our lives becoming high level professionals, which you did also. So somehow you're able to transition or let that go, or maybe you haven't completely. So I'm just curious, for a lot of different people, this is a big issue. You had identity X. And so now you have a different life. Again, my question is, did you, were you able to shed the need for identity or did you substitute or a combination of both? I'm just curious that part I, of the story. I just recognize that um, 
number one, I'm not going back to start another company. That's just not going to happen. And it's, I don't have to be famous. I don't have to be the famous one. I have some redeeming social value, not being famous and writing all these books and having people, you know, you, you know, you, you look at, and, and it, this, this may help, you know, you look at all these famous entertainers, right? And you look at most of the really famous ones and you just look at their childhood and a lot, so many of them had awful childhoods where they could only get attention if they were super or special. That was me. And I got it. You know, I don't have to be that special anymore. I can just be me. I don't have to be, you know, I, I wrote a book on my experience. Right. And I'll be honest with you. You know, I had written countless books before, and most of them were bestsellers. And this book wasn't a bestseller. Why? I'm not into social media. I don't want to have podcasts. I don't want to do all these, you know, blogs and posts and all that. And that shook me up. But it was the best thing that could happen to me. It just showed me, you know what? You, you, you're just not going to be able to be this quote famous person again. So now it's time to enjoy yourself the way you are and spend time with your wife, spend time with your kids, spend time with your grandkids, do nonprofit work, you know, give back by do nonprofit work, but you don't have to set up a big nonprofit and run it. I'm just not cut out to do it anymore. And it's it's acceptance of what's so, Dave. I'm I'm 70, gonna be 77 years old next month. I am not, I don't have the bandwidth or the firepower to get out there and do what I used to do. And you know what? That's just what it is. And I'm not gonna let that take me down. Well, you keep hitting all these really important points about the healing journey. So first of all, we know that altruism giving back is actually anti-inflammatory. Right. I mean, they've documented in the lab. And again, medicine, I just ran for a second. I mean, we are so off base about the physiology of the body creating symptoms, illness, and disease. So the laboratory shows that pet therapy lowers inflammatory markers, giving back lowers inflammatory markers. There's a 70 plus year Harvard study going on life happiness called The Good Life. Have you read this book, Lee? Yeah. I'll let you spread It's it. about, you know, you the more you give, the better you feel. And, you know, I when I was really sick, my wife got me a rescue dog that laid with me in bed for years. And I also love photography. So what have I done? I've started 
photographing rescue dogs for mm-hmm. rescue organizations. And I just go out and take pictures of the dogs and edit them so they look good. And I love doing it. And I'm, you know, I have a granddaughter who has Downs. So I'm working with a group that provides services for kids with Downs. I'm on the board of the Psychophysiologic Disorder Association, the association of all the real doctors who do this kind of work. And so those are the kind of things I do and I love it. And I love doing my photography and I take pictures for and give them to my kids or any other people who are hard up for photographs. Or whatever. Well, you're, again, you hit some a really lot of high points here. So, I mean, you're such a classic example of how to heal. And again, I can't, you don't have time to cover all the topics that you've covered, but you would tell, I talk about a sequence of healing. I call it the sequence of healing with, with connection, confidence, confidence, and creativity. And the first part, if you just picture a tree with the soil representing your entire past, the idea is to be with your past, but not to analyze it, fix it, or solve it with the only question being, what can I learn? And the trunk is confidence of using the strategies you described to actually process your past in a way to actually move forward. Then the healing occurs, like I mentioned before, at the top of the tree of creativity. So as you engage in activities that you enjoy, um, your brain goes that direction. But as both the good life, they pointed out that the only factor that predicts happiness in life is relationship with family and friends. That's it. Yep. And accomplishments meant very little. Money meant very little. In other words, you still want your basic comforts covered, but in general, as far as your capacity to enjoy life came down to really simple family and friends. And that's the other thing that, again, we think this is psychological, except we know with family and friends, there's a chemical called oxytocin, which is a bonding chemical. And I didn't know this until I met Dr. Steve Porges and his wife, Sue Carter, that oxytocin is an old molecule it's ubiquitous in the body. It's highly, highly anti-inflammatory. So again, chronic disease comes to sustained exposure to threat physiology. Healing comes with nurturing safety. But what's fun is that bodies not only, not only do symptoms disappear, but you actually your body regenerates. You actually you actually thicken your skin. Your muscle mass starts to increase. Your brain expands in size. And I'm just guessing. You don't remote for those. This is just a podcast, but if you can see Lee, he doesn't come close to looking 77. <laughs> and I'm suspecting that as you oh, done... make my day, Dave, this, this, <laughs> the, you've already got me to speak. You don't have to butter me up. You know, I've already <laughs> agreed to talk. <laughs> but what's fascinating is I'm just guessing that your energy levels are pretty high. Oh, yeah. Because you're not burning up energy that's just burning energy. You're actually using it to... So the only goal I say in the doctor, and there is no goal, there's no place to go, except the moment you're in. So it's connection, connection, connection. Yeah. yeah. And once you connect with... And, but the, the bad news is when you feel bad, you feel worse. And again, some of your symptoms come back. You feel good, you feel better. So you get to you get to experience what's actually right in front of you today. And, and not, not every day is a good day. Right. So, and, you know, I 
I go through times where I don't have a lot to do. And so like I just got over COVID and I was really down and all that. And, you know, so I've just been planning vacations with my kids, vacations with my wife, vacations with my grandkids. And I love it. It just lights me up. Yeah. No, I'm excited for you. Well, Lee, thank you for sharing your story. Um, so the story about being bounced around, being disabled by symptoms for many decades, and now getting to thrive is a wonderful story. It's the reason why I quit my practice. But I just want to emphasize the group, his story is not an exception. If you No, no. Anybody, anybody can do this. I think I told you I had one patient had 29 surgeries in 20 years. He's never felt better in his life for six years now. So once you understand the principles, again, you have to take responsibility to actually put them into practice, but it's very transformative. So Lee, could you uh, remind me of the, of the small book that you wrote, which I think is very concise yep. and very clear? It's my migraine breakthrough. My migraine breakthrough. How I, mean, I reclaim my and the thing about, it's not about migraines, it's about the whole body's physiology with migraines being a classic symptom, but I, I, I'm guessing your anxieties drop tremendously. And anxiety is also an inflammatory disorder. So it's about the, the whole body's response to stress. As you calm it down, you can not only heal, but thrive at a level that you didn't know was possible. And it's exciting. And that's why I all of us have so much passion to keep passing it forward. So anyway, Lee, thank you again very, very much. And uh, thank you. Thanks for having me, Dave. My pleasure. I'd like to thank our guest, Lee Cantor, for being on the show today and sharing the details of the psychophysiologic treatment process that helped him heal. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.